You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. As always, we are going to start our show with our grateful moment. Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Good morning, everyone. I am grateful that my daughter went um, seven for six for seven in our softball game and my wife's my wife working and we got a new fridge which was a daunting task I didn't know fridges were was so complicated and so diluted and so many things I didn't know they had TVs and Wi-Fi and all <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad we settled to you know something we she loves my wife likes and but a, a my problem is I like the latest and greatest. So I want to, I got went a little step above to make sure my wife was super happy. So I'm happy for that. I'm grateful for that opportunity. Great, great, great. We're going to move it over to Alan, um, who is filling in for a couple of our guys today. Alan, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for friendships. Um, one of my friends, Marley, shout out to Marley. Um, she's actually moving to Houston uh, actually started traveling today. So, you know, um, I'm just grateful for the friendship that we um, created and continue to have as she continues to move forward. Nice. And when we say friendship, we mean like friendship? Friend, or we friends, mean friendship? Friends, friends, friends. Okay. Okay. Look, I'll just chill I'll out, Phil. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> And we have today, I'm so excited. Um, we have Keish with us. Keish, what are you grateful for this week? You know what? I am so grateful, number one, that the school year is almost over, okay? But even, <laughs> even more than that, I'm so proud of my middle child because He's the one that likes to skip class and close his laptop. And he's like, no, I don't have anything else to do. And I was worried about his reading. But then I made him prove it to me. I said, you have to sit here and read these four books and I, I can't help you. So prove to me that you're improving. Child, yes, he did prove me wrong. He was like, mom, I know how to read this. I'm good. I was like, okay, <laughs> go ahead, son, learn how to read. Because I was <laughs> I was a little, you know, I was a little touchy. Go, he's in the first grade. And I'm like, okay, okay baby, you got to get these words together. But he proved me wrong and I bought him some Wendy's. So that's my yes. grateful moment. <laughs> Listen, that's always a good gift. Yes. Wendy's. Um, I am just grateful. Listeners, you just heard. I have my girl Keish with me. The last time we recorded was like so many months ago. So right. I'm just hyped to have another lady. We're going to hold it down. We're going to keep these guys in check. <laughs> that's what I'm grateful for today. Yes. Um, so let us just jump right into our show. And we wanted to start our show on um, a more serious note. Um, as the world is aware, unfortunately, on Sunday evening, um, an officer, Officer Porter, killed, um, we're going to use the correct words here, killed Dante Wright, Dante Wright. Um, it caused a lot of uproar, the black community, just as a whole, we're just so tired. Like I'm tired, I'm tired. And so that was the day before the Timberwolves and Nets were supposed to play. That game was postponed. 
And there were varied responses throughout the NBA of another officer shooting against a black man. And so I wanted to ask the team, how are you guys feeling? Like, this is traumatizing. This is something we have to constantly relive. What are your reactions? How, um, how do you feel about how the NBA, including some coaches, et cetera, how they responded to this incident? This is crazy. Um, for one, I want to applaud the NBA, and I believe also was the um, uh, NBL, the Major League Baseball, also stopped their games. I'm not sure if hockey did also, but I want you know congratulate them and be more sensitive and understand how this ongoing assault on Black lives occur. It's funny to me. It's not funny. It's serious to me when they. I saw one comment where a lady said, you know, a gun dropped out his his hand you know, the cops made the right decision. But when we see people, white Caucasians killing people and they apprehendedly peacefully, not, not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, other, but they literally kill people at the church, South Carolina church situation. Um, there was a, I saw a video when a man just for his murdering two people ran around naked in the street, choke up an elderly pedestrian and they still was able to apprehend him earlier. So it seems that we're considered aggressive or, or evil or whatever the thought may be, but those who are actually killing the officers or hurting the um, people or, or domestic terrorists are people of non-color. So we have to say Caucasians, to be correctly. Why they get off scot-free? Literally, they killed. I'm not saying harm of it. They have taken someone's life, and cops find a way to apprehend them still, and they get to leave, um, serve their sentence. But so what? The kid had a gun. You tell me you're not trained enough. The gun was his hand was up, which means the same precautions you've taken for a white counterpart, a, a white kid, you should have done for that kid. He should be on this earth. It's like an endless story and cycle. It, you know, we do this. It seems like we feel like we're talking about this every other week. It's disgusting. It's sad. And I don't have a son. I have three daughters. But I do have nephews, and I know how the streets are because I grew up in Brooklyn. So this is this is nothing new to us. The only thing is that the cameras are showing what's been been happening to us for long before. So this is just a sickening. Yeah, I would. Um, it is very sickening and disturbing. Um, as you know, we have five sons, right? And I'm looking. You know, people think, oh, your kids are so cute. Oh, they're so nice. They're so well-mannered. Well, so are these children. So was Dante Wright. So were all of the young black men who were shot dead. They were cute at one time. And it's always like, well, when do they become a threat? And I, I really can't, it's, it's one thing I don't do. I cannot rationalize with racists or racism because it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. They started, law enforcement started out as slave catchers and that's what they see. They're used to protecting property, not people. They're not used to protecting black people. And with this one in particular, the excuses that you hear, you know, from these officers and it's like, you're a trained professional. You guys know when and when not to use deadly force because you know how to protect your own. So I don't really, I, it's just, it's, it's sad, it's disheartening. But one thing I do know is that raising my sons to know who they are 
and not to live in fear, not to create a world of fear, even though these things are scary, knowing that somebody goes to great lengths to stop you from being successful, to stop you from progressing, to stop you from getting ahead of them, empowers me because now I, I mean, racism really, I may be crazy, but it really empowers me to know that I am okay. Being black is a, is a great thing. If it wasn't, you wouldn't be doing all this to stop me. So, you know, I just have to kind of change my perspective a little bit or else I would be, you know, behind somebody's bars, but amen. <laughs> it's draining, man. Like, it's, it's really, like, mentally and emotionally draining. You're talking about a young man who is 20 years old. My nephew is 20 years old. You're talking about a person who is a father. I have friends who are fathers that are Black. So you're ruining a family dynamic. And as we look at these situations like Greg Popovich said it best he's like we we come across these situations and then it's just like we move on and then it comes back and then it moves on and I just the one thing that that still just like bothers me is you've been on the force for 26 years how do you not know the difference between a taser and a gun I mean, maybe you've been sitting behind the desk too long or or what, this may have been your first interaction, but I feel like you're not, we always say training is is the, it's the situation. I don't really think it's training. Alan, I, she's I, a I, training officer. She's a training officer. It, it's, I mean, she can be a training officer, but she's never been in an experience like that. Now, granted, if she, if we can say, oh, it's an accident, well, you need to pay for this accident. Because if anyone else has to pay for an accident that they made, they had to do their time, do their bid, whatever the case may be. And I just look at it like, when do we get our due process? When will it ever end? Like, it's just like, it seems like a cycle that just continues to happen time and time again. And then we already know that the, the Chauvin trial is going down right down the street. And then we remember uh, Philando Castillo uh, a few years ago. And it's like, I mean, no one, like when we think about it, like no one really paid Minnesota attention like this, but now we see everything that's going on in this, in this particular area. And it's really crazy. Like, I'm just, it's just draining for me to like even process and to talk about it. Like, it's just weighing on my heart, especially for his family, uh, for those who supported him and just wanted the best for him. Absolutely. And Alan, you brought up a point that Greg Popovich also said. It's like, how many times does this have to happen? Like, how many more deaths of Black men do we have to see before there is like a real shift? And this officer is so repugnant to me. So in my past, when I was a prosecutor, we worked very closely with um, law enforcement to develop our cases. And everyone knows your taser is not in the same place as your dominant hand where your gun is. This is common and it's purposely done that way, right? Because we don't want these mishaps in the field so for her to say, 
it was an accident um she thought she thought um it was her taser how like explain to me how conceptually you thought that when purposely tasers are put on the offhand i'm just so sick and tired of the excuses and um one of my friends like this one really hit home for me not because i'm from minnesota I was actually on the phone at the time with one of my friends who lives in Minnesota, um, who, you know, was asking me for legal advice. Everybody just asked me for legal advice. So we're having a conversation and he drives home. He lives five minutes from Brooklyn Center. And he's like, there are all these protests. Like he see people like going into stores. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's happening? I didn't even know anything happened. And, and I looked it up and I was like, let me see what's going on in Brooklyn Center. I was like, it can't be another, uh, another shooting. And that's what it was. So it's like, I experienced this just in real time, being on the phone with someone who was like in the midst of that, who just happened to drive into it. He, you know, he wasn't aware of what was happening at that time. And it's like, like what? What has to happen? What has to happen? Because the system is the problem. And the reason why I say this is our system, we're not penalizing these officers for these killings. And what that does subconsciously is it empowers officers to act with impunity because they know at the end of the day, consciously, subconsciously, they know punishment probably isn't coming. And so when you start looking at this issue, this goes beyond like the actions of the officers. That's a huge part, but we're in a system that's cradling this behavior. And I'm like, why don't people see it has to be systemic changes. Once you change it from the core and the consequences start pouring out, you will see a shift. Now, all of a sudden you won't be threatened by a black man selling cigarettes, right? You won't be threatened by a little 12 year old boy playing with his water gun. You know, you won't make the mistake that a taser is a gun. And even if like, I have guns, the weight of a gun and the weight of a, like, it's just, it's just not even the same. I don't even understand. They're not shaped the same. They don't weigh the same. They don't look the same. The mechanism in which you use is not the same. I, so I'm sorry, like, I'm just, I'm just so sick and tired of this. And it's like, you know, to our black professionals who are lawyers out there, this is why we need to be a part of this system, this public system. I was in it for 10 years. I worked hard. I fought. I did justice in my corner, but we need more of us because if the system don't change, guess what? We're going to have another one and another one and another one and we're in the same position i'm scared i have four younger brothers four younger brothers i'm scared every day for my brothers my brother under me he's like six four so you're talking about a tall young black male who lives in brooklyn i don't know if i'm ever gonna get that phone call it's like that's how scary it is it's like you just don't know when my phone rings from my dad I don't know what he's calling to tell me about my younger brothers. So 
just tired. But shout out to the NBA. Um, the coaches, Doc Rivers, also made some very passionate statements. Um, I'm glad they had the moment of silence before the game. I really like um, the t-shirts they wore with justice for all with all in caps and bolded. Um, I just read yesterday that um, some WNBA and NBA teams, they're like selling off signed items to raise funding for um, Dante Wright's family. So the NBA is heavily entrenched and, um, you know, doing what they can to, to kind of move forward from this, but we're tired. There's no other way to really, to really say it. Okay, let's transition into some lighter news. Um, oh man, so y'all know Katie's my favorite player, right? Like Katie is the man for me. KD in the last, I would say maybe three weeks has been the king of Twitter. People have their opinions about whether he's petty, whether he's right. And okay, fine. We'll take those arguments. But my man KD this week with Shannon Sharp, he was right on that. Okay. So Shannon Sharp basically ran with a quote um that was made up by somebody on twitter now if you're not familiar with twitter at all you basically know people put these fake quotes they usually add um you know like nba players or celebrities or whatever the case may be so i'm gonna read the quote the fake quote was um let's see let me make sure i pull it up okay People try to discredit my rings, but honestly, I feel they're the most valuable of our era, the quote reads. People argue that LeBron is the GOAT, but if I beat him in back-to-back -back finals, then what does that make me? That was the fake quote, and Shannon Sharp went on undisputed and went off or tried to go off on my dude KD on a quote that was fake. Team, how do you feel about this? And I'm going to need y'all to not be biased because y'all know how I love him. Come on. <laughs> I was cracking up because when he said y'all drunk uncle out here lying again, <laughs> <laughs> I was on the floor. <laughs> but I mean, I love Shannon Sharp. But when you have a platform like this, when you have any platform, when you're just a regular person in conversation, you always have to check the source because people literally sit on these, sit on these phones and on these devices and create crazy stuff. It's so many apps to create this crap. So for him to take this as truth and then get checked <laughs> and then have all these rebuttals, it's like, my man. It's okay, because it's not the first time you, you know, you repeated <laughs> something that wasn't true. So with Shannon, I, uh, even though I like him and his glasses are nice, he was just dead wrong. And I was cracking up because drunk uncle now, every time I see him, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm think. That's what I'm going to think about. But Katie, you know, his sensitivity, he was, he was justified. He was justified in this. He wasn't right. acting like the middle child. He was just right. <laughs> and and Keith, the, the crazy part, and you hit it, you hit it on the head. <laughs> like, dude, you get paid you, a lot of money to sit on a show and talk about facts around this sport. Yes. How how can you run with fake news? Like he was Trump. 
Shannon yeah. Sharp was Donald Trump. How was, can you run with fake news? He was and, and and then be wrong and strong about it. It's like, dude, say you made a mistake. That's okay. Then you have writers on the show, though. Like you have writers, you have people who produce, you have people who are supposed to be behind the scenes, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we might need to cut that. <laughs> right, to, exactly. Hold on a minute. Let's just say I was playing because this isn't a real thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. My uncle was cracking up. <laughs> Why are you always lying? Right. So it's uh, man, look, when that came across my timeline, when I first saw him tweeted, I was like, wait, what is this about? So, you know, of course, knowing me, I go check it out and I was like, yo, I just listened to the podcast with Draymond Green, and this is exactly what KD says he's not, he's fed up with this little stuff right here. Just like you said, Keish, like, yo, you got to check your sources. People make up fake quotes, like, all the time. Like, there's, like, a recent fake quote that's saying that Dak Prescott said, I can't uh, support my family with $34 million. Not a real quote. You just can't take something and just run with it. Then on top of that, when you get checked about it, like, yo, you already posted it on your Twitter page that you said it. Then it's like, yo, like, why are you lying? Like, just... All you really had to say was my bad. Katie said, yo, it's not serious. There's nothing to talk in private about. Like, just say my bad, yo. Like, you're not going to get fired from Fox uh, at all, dude. You're on there with a black and mild and some henny. Like, come on. You ain't going to be able to do that on ESPN. I was about to say, this is ESPN. You good. Exactly. Like, they're not going to fire you. Just say, just say my bad. Like, literally, all it was was my bad. That's it. Like, and then you already, you take another L, double homicide, as they say now, that just came out this week. Uh, you block them. Now you're trying to take the little Michael Rappaport approach after what happened last week, talking about some, oh, why didn't you just block them? It's not worth losing your job. First and foremost, you're not going to lose your job, my guy. Right. All you just had to say is, my bad, uh, my source was wrong, you know, and it is what it is, but yeah, he kind of went out sad on that. Like, I was like, come on, man. You, you just got to do a little bit better. Just a little bit. Like, just check your sources. That's all, man. <laughs> Mr. Sharp, you, if you dish it, you got to take it, my friend. You the one who making memes about everyone going fishing, going cracking on Nate Robinson. You know, you, you if you dish it, you got to take it. So I got to give KD this. KD, he make Kendrick Perkett cry. Mac, my Michael Rappaport for his lawyers and Shannon Sharp block him after lying. This dude, KD, <laughs> you had a great three weeks, man. You're killing dudes on the court and off the court, right? So, Mr. Sharp, it's okay. You know, you're invited to explain your side of the story on the podcast. Let us know what's going on. You know, uh, you two, uh, Kendrick Perkin and Mac, uh, Michael Rappaport, you're not invited. You don't need to never come on the show. We're good about you because... You're just, you snitch. So we can't have no conversation because you might be telling people about what we're talking about. So no thank you to you. But, you know, like everyone said, uh, Mr. Sharp, you know, you dish it, you got to take it, my friend. And you have you seen his timeline? He's quick to rag on people in 5.2 seconds. So you got to dish it, you got to take it. Only reason I'm being nice for you because i like for you to come on the show one day and, and explain your side of the story. See, I'm not going to be as harsh. I'm a kind-hearted person. Nah, forget that. Forget <laughs> that. Like, I want him to be on this show 
as bad as anybody else, but you have to know how to stand firm in your L. My issue is you were wrong and strong and then blocking him. I'm sorry, his stock went down for me when he blocked KD because KD wasn't even going hard at him. KD was just like, dude, why are you putting information out on a fake quote? And Shannon Sharp, like you said, who makes fun of people, he's like this big bully, you know what I'm saying? Coming with his Lakers jersey, all this stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But Katie has been winning. He is the undisputed king of Twitter for the last three weeks. Uh, but Katie, I'm going to need you to just chill this week, all right? Like, we, we can't keep talking about these Twitter wars back to back to back to back. So just chill out. Just chill out. Oh, boy. I need to throw this in there real quick. Uh-huh. What's funny is that whole situation happened and then he went he went to work and casually dropped a 30 plus. I just had to throw That's it That's the thing there. about KD. <laughs> like, I really don't understand like what kind of guy he is because he would tweet right before a game. He'll be tweeting, going hard, going hard. And then I think in that game, he shot like almost 70% or something. I'm like... Who, who is this guy? Like he, he, I don't know how he operates, but one thing about Katie, he going to get busy on the court. All right. So let's transition into some sad news. Jamal Murray um, got a major season ending injury to his knee um, this week. What is saddest about this injury is he got it within like the last five seconds, the last five seconds of the game. So he was going hard in the paint, literally, like going hard in the paint, fell, injured, he's out for the season. What does this mean for the Nuggets? How would this impact their potential playoff run? Are they going to be miracle haymakers and still push through? What do you guys think? See, I'm not worried about them because Murray has not been playing as Bubble Murray. They have um, Aaron Gordon, they have the Joker. They have Michael Porter. They got they got McGee to, to block the back end. Um, uh, is he he is very important, but I think they have enough to get to where they were gonna get to first or second round. They're not going to a conference finals this year. They're not winning the championship. So to me, it's about it's 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 nothing. Drop off is not gonna be that significant. If not, the Joker got hurt, then I would be like, okay, because the game the ball goes through Joker. Really, Joker runs the offense. It goes through him. So I'm not too concerned about what's going to happen with the Nuggets. Like I said about, remember several weeks ago when we went, LeBron went down, and I said, don't worry about the Lakers. They'll be fine. So take this through. They'll be okay because they're not going, they're not, they may elevate a spot or descend a spot, but overall they're going to stay around that four or five spot. They're not going to conference championship. They're not winning championship this year. So Murray, get better, get well, get ready for next year. I think next year where it's really where you're going to see the jump. So this year, please, don't listen, you're not going championship. I mean, I was with you until you started comparing them to the Lakers. I don't, I don't know why that happened, but okay, we'll, we'll continue with the show. So this is, this is actually like going to affect the Nuggets like a lot, a lot more than what we think. So when we think about it, is Jokic Jamal Murray. Now, 
we recently talked about Michael Porter Jr. also um, with the addition of Aaron Gordon. That team was starting to like hit on all cylinders and they definitely would have made some noise. Like I honestly think if they could have been like one of the teams in the Western Conference Finals, granted, I don't think they would have won a, a NBA Finals, but they definitely had the potential, especially with the type of players that they have. Now, I do know with their backup point guard spot, um, they'll be fine because they're traditional point guards with Monte Morris and Compazzo, who came out of nowhere, but he's playing like super well for them. Now, the question is, where are you going to get the scoring lift um, that Jamal uh, provided for the Nuggets? Now, no, no, I ain't giving you that. So, um, <laughs> nah, but it just honestly, like if they ended up playing the Lakers, if the Lakers don't jump up because right now they're four or five, so they'll probably match up. And if LeBron and AD come back, I don't really think that they're going to beat the Lakers. But if Jamal was still there, they probably would have had a chance to move up to find a more favorable matchup. So it's going to be interesting to see who picks up the load. I think anytime you lose a guard, it can, it's really devastating for a team um even though they have other players who can score in double digits it's just something about having that captain on the floor like some things you just can't replace you can kind of replace points but you can't replace somebody who who kind of holds your team together and runs the floor so I think that more than anything is going to be an adjustment so yeah and plus boys guys don't they take longer to recover from ACL injuries than women do so yeah I mean, they, they also take longer to recover from colds and stuff, too. Yeah, and like splinters, like when you get a yeah. splinter and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or like a running nose. Oh, or this is crazy. So like it, it's just a lot. It's like, <laughs> we, we don't know when, you know, when know. he'll be back. Like, it, 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 it might take like two years. Um, <laughs> so I completely agree. This is crazy. <laughs> I completely it's true though it's, it's true. true it really it's is true. true yeah I completely agree with Keish I feel like this is still Jamal Murray like I don't care if you pull the tape and you say well his numbers aren't that high he's not playing like bubble Murray which was like on another planet um I feel like he's an essential an essential piece like when you think of Denver I don't care what you say you think of Joker and you think of Murray then everyone else kind of falls in line after that. So I do think it's a loss. Um, whether they'll be able to compete with the bigger teams in the West now, talking about the Lakers, the Clippers, I don't think so, even with the acquisition of Gordon. So, I mean, we'll wait and see, but I'm expecting them to be out the first round. So it is what it is. It depends where they fall, though. That's and that's and that's and that's the thing about it. Like right now, they're in like the the fifth, the fifth or fourth spot. So they'll be playing the Lakers who are at the five. Now, if AD and LeBron come back and somehow they just ended up sneaking into that third spot, they might find a more favorable matchup because of course, like playoffs are or playoffs are always about matchups. But and we know for sure, like the Lakers is not a great matchup. Now, defensively, they will be okay. The question is offensively, like, where are they going to get shots from? Especially when it comes down to those closing minutes. Wait right. a minute, so you excluding Michael Porter? You excluding Bobo? 
<laughs> you excluding Aaron? Are you saying you excluding Joker? Wait, what? The... <laughs> I'm messing with you. What's I'm happening? Like, what, you are you talking, I was about what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's happening? I mean, and and I love Bobo. Like, no, no offense, but um. Yeah, so I think they'll be out the first round. And the reason why I say that is because I think them and the Lakers are going to be four and five. And there is no scenario where they are beating the Lakers. Like, period. If they beat the Lakers with no Murray, man, I don't even know what to say. And so that's why I said they're out the first round. So that's all we have today. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.